Hello and welcome to Pep Talk by Perpetual, a talent advisory firm based out of New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversation with real people. My name is Irene Topokov, principal at Perpetual, and I am delighted to welcome today Iselis Kost, the co-founder of Numberly. Welcome, Iselis. Good morning, Irene. As you know, as we like to do at Perpetual, I'm going to ask you a few simple questions for our listeners uh, to get to you better. Ready? Ready. <laughs> so, Iselis, if you were an animal, what would you be? A very classical one, I think. I, I, I like to be a cat. I have two cats, and uh, almost each day I think, wow, I would like to be them. So, so yeah, I think a cat. Complex oh. to understand, interesting, fascinating animal. Uh, I agree. I agree. What's the name of your, of your cats? Well, uh, you know, you you know Princess and Phantom. <laughs> nice combination uh, to have both. Uh, in your home, beautiful. Yeah, cats is incredible. Um, and I, I share your point of view on that. Very, very classy, very uh, full of power and, and, and uh, mystery as well. Beautiful, great. Okay, and also I, I know you love books. So if you were a book, what book would you? Hmm. I think that today, because we are uh, number, November 4th uh, and uh, it's a, a special day, I think I would be the animal farm of George Orwell because uh, uh. it's an amazing book and uh, I, I think it's uh, useful to read it at least uh, each five years. And, uh, and uh, I, I do think that Animal Farm is a very interesting tale because it's a tale uh, about uh, how humans are behaving and uh, yeah animal farm will be my bet i have read it a, a long time ago but it's it's a very striking book uh and today as you said is a very special day so interesting read for our listeners thank you for that easily thank you so much as you know uh, this podcast aims to give you to give access to stories we feel inspired to listen to so to kick us off, would you mind give us a presentation of yourself, Isolis, and your background? Yeah, sure, with please, pleasure. I'm uh, first of all, I I'm an academic uh, person, so I've been raised in uh, universities, and uh, my my first uh, job was really to do research and to teach and uh, to try to. Um, how to say that, but to share my my passion and my energy with students at the university. And I've done that between France and uh, the US, uh, especially with uh, John Deaton at Harvard. And, yeah. um, and uh, so I, I've had a very... Um, I met Internet when I was in the US in 95. Uh, and uh, after I've uh, always been uh, really, it's, it's the only thing that I'm interested in. It's really how to mix uh, um, mathematics, marketing, and uh, and uh, digital. And uh, and um, the best way at the first time was really to be on an academic uh, environment because uh, at this time nobody was really interested in. 
And, and after, quite naturally, I became an entrepreneur, even if I didn't want to be one. So um, I think it's a journey. And uh, my journey, uh, I've been very lucky in my journey because I met really inspiring people and, uh, and um, that enabled me to, to, I don't know, to be able to, to express my, my, my thought, my talents. So, yeah, an academic background in an entrepreneurial journey. Mm, really really inspiring and as I heard and as you know uh, we know each other <laughs> for a while now um, I know you, you've had quite a few life-changing moments um, and we, we could have here already some life-changing moments in your in, in the introduction you've just made but can you tell us what would be yours and how this has impacted your journey because as an entrepreneur I know you don't really have a distinct life uh, a career on one side personal life on the other side and I find that really thrilling yeah it's kind of mixed up you're right um, yeah the first moment was definitely the, the uh, creation of uh, Numberly the name was Mil Merci at the beginning but it's a complex name uh, when you're in an international company it's very French it's cute but very French so it's very cute, it's very cute. <laughs> so um, I found um, the company uh, in 2000 and uh, with my co-founder uh, Thibaut Minier and We've done it really um, not because we wanted to be an uh, entrepreneur. We, we've done it because uh, we, we loved working uh, on huge databases, on digital, on marketing relationship, uh, and doing math around that. So really the, the point was the passion of the, 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 um, the field. And uh, we were both, in the academic field, so it's a big gap. I mean, for French people, it's a big gap. In the US or even in Germany, it's easier. I mean, the, there is less barriers between um, between academic and business world. It's, it's less siloed. But uh, in France, it's kind of a big step. And uh, so we've, um, we've done that. Uh, to be really honest, didn't feel at this time it was... Uh, uh, a game changer. It was a real life decision, as you said. I didn't feel that. And at the end of the day, it's one. But uh, <laughs> but we've um, we've been uh, we've been doing that with a lot of energy, uh, being perhaps a little bit naive uh, on the impact it will have on our lives. My background is really not an entrepreneur. Your one, my family is not at all in this field, and uh, everybody's medical or in a uh, teaching field, and not at all in in, in uh, digital or all this part. And, and I'm from a very small part in France, very small country, which is not digital at all. It's very grounded, you know. It's the uh, Aveyron. It's very very grounded. But uh, not digital at all. So, <laughs> so we we didn't um, we didn't have the 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 classical right background. Uh, so we've done it. Um, I mean, just to just I think not to have regrets at the beginning. And uh, it's perhaps not a very positive uh, engine not to have regrets. But uh, I do think it's an engine at 
least for me. It's very interesting. So you mean, what you mean is that you, you thought there was a gap in the market or there was a need for spe something specific and you wanted to fill this gap and, and do it because if you don't do it, you will have regrets in the future. Is that what you mean? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and so we didn't, uh, I mean, we didn't feel to take a lot of risks at this time. And, uh, and uh, we didn't feel that the jump or the step between uh, academic and, and real life, say <laughs> people, uh, was so huge. So we've done it um, really, yeah, kind of uh, simply. And uh, obviously, it has a huge impact on uh, my life. And uh, I have no regret, which was the point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously, I have no regret at all. It's an amazingly interesting uh, journey. It's a huge amount of energy, but... Uh, It's also, I think, um, um, I, I, yeah, it was not really a decision. It was a call. It was not uh, intellectual. It's why it was, yeah, it was a call, I think. I hear that and I know you, I know your great passion and energy. So I totally know that it's completely uh, authentic and, and, and a calling. And yeah, um, Numberly became big and had a, huge success pretty quickly and there has been a, a, when we were preparing this call a decision to go through an IPO process um, and to get listed on the stock market uh, the Euronext in Paris if right. I'm correct can you yeah, right. okay, that must have been also like a life-changing moment for you and yeah partner. yeah so uh, yeah when we launched the company and sometimes after you know so we We launched the company in uh, January 2000, so after we had a crisis. Uh, but uh, just after, I mean, uh, it was the beginning of all the IPO, and I said, okay, one thing I will never be as a CEO of a public company. I said that perhaps in 2002 or... And some years after, I mean, we IPO'd, so, you know, I... Uh, I, I wasn't really in the, in the line of what I've said, but um, I think it was really necessary to, to grow. And uh, um, just if you if we go a little bit before, it's funny because at, at, at the beginning, uh, I mean, we needed we didn't have money. Obviously, we were uh, in, in the research field, so we needed to raise funds. And um, the person who Put uh, he put uh, five millions in the company in 2000 was Marc Simoncini, the founder of Mythic, and um, he said uh, I had uh, I had a choice I could have uh, bought uh, a boat, very nice boat, or invest in your company. Okay, I think you can do worse than a boat. And so we were we were feeling I mean very comfortable. It was really a kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was very good for our confidence, and uh, because yeah, it was it was difficult to do worse than a bot uh, in terms of uh, of return on investment, and uh, and so we were really um, and and I think it it was really helpful to us to to have this feeling of freedom because we invested a lot and we invested in research. We still do it a lot uh, right now. 10% of our turnover is invested in R&D. So we were on this kind of, uh, of um, movement of journey with uh, 
with um, yeah nice success we've been lucky to to be able to to meet uh, clients needs uh, at this time and um, and so we decided to ipo for the first reason was uh, to accelerate the international growth and we needed money for that uh, the second one i think is that um, the to be listed um, um, when you're listed, you need to, to be very transparent. You need to be a transparent company. And I think that in our field, it was important to, to have this high level of transparency and to be able to give confidence to our clients because our clients uh, were becoming bigger and bigger. And, um, and it was important for that also. So, so it's why we've done that. It was a very... Uh, Interesting process, and uh, my my friends who had uh, IPO'd before was telling me, "You will see, it's very hard, and uh, and um, it's very tiring, and uh, you will be exhausting." And I was thinking, "Come on, guy, okay, you meet people, uh, you have a deck, you explain the deck." It's it's uh, it's life as usual, <laughs> and uh, actually the process is exhausting because you're doing. I mean, you're presenting the same deck for I don't know uh, 100 times and exactly the same thing, and uh, and it goes fast, and uh, you go from one country to another, and it's 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 an interesting moment because um, you look at the past. Uh, what you've done, you look at the future, what you want to do, and it's it's a moment. It's really a moment, and I think that uh, in when in a journey, doing that is interesting. It it it's very helpful to accelerate. I think very very interesting and impressive from where I sit. Actually, when you started, um, okay, your name you said mille merci for our international audience. It means. 1,000 thanks. It's a very cute name. And I know that because you became also so international and and you be, became public, uh, you went to this um, rebranding process uh, in order for this name, which is really nice that I still like very much to be more accessible for an international audience. And I think that at the same time, you decided to move personally uh, with your family to the U.S. Can you tell us more about these two things that sound related in a bit? Yeah, 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 you're right. So, yeah, we IPO'd and uh, we, we started our international journey. And um, I think that at some point I needed to accelerate and, um, and, uh, and also perhaps be... Uh, uh, out of my comfort zone, you know, Europe and France is very comfortable. Was very comfortable at this point at this time for us, and uh, and so we, yeah, we said okay. So I I went to the US uh, in uh, 2013, and we start to really accelerate uh, the. Uh, uh, international uh, growth of uh, Namberly. At this time, all countries was named Namberly, and only France, mar French market was Merci. But our clients were, mo were more and more international companies like uh, Procter or PNG or I don't know L'Oréal, for example. And so it was complex to to deal with these two names. 
it was um, it was really yeah to accelerate that and uh, and uh, being uh, being in the US and being I was in the Silicon Valley and really working a lot with Stanford and really in the middle of the game has been very very interesting hard but interesting and a, a, a real accelerator uh, on on the international uh, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so decision to also like to to move because as a, you're an entrepreneur, but without disclosing everything, you're also a mom. You're also so you moved your entire family to California. So from Paris to California, that's also a journey. Uh, as a, as yeah, a, I mean there is there were things for kids to 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 do than going to California. I mean I have three of them, and uh, their vision was not uh, fully aligned. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on, on this subject, but uh, but yeah, it's also a journey, obviously. And uh, as you said, I mean, uh, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, the, the personal and uh, and uh, professional lives are kind of a little bit uh, mixed. And um, but today, with uh, all what we're living uh, for everybody, even uh, not entrepreneur people, it's a case. So. Um, I think that we are all experiencing this kind of uh, um, of uh, situation uh, uh, now, which is um, not always easy, but also something you can learn in. And I think uh, uh, is um, is very yeah, is interesting also for for kids. It's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. You mean you? You of course you're speaking about the new configuration of the lockdown. And yeah, the right. Remote, the remote working. So you you've got a, quite a big team now. How many employees do you have? Where are they based? We are we are six hundred, and wow. uh, they're based. Um, we have eight subsidiaries, so we have obviously people in Paris, but also in the US, Canada. Uh, London, uh, Dubai, uh, Tel Aviv, uh, Amsterdam, everywhere, everywhere, and uh, it's um, so we are in full remote. Uh, if you look at it in an international perspective, actually, it's uh, perhaps um, the best way to be really one team, uh, even if you're spread it uh, all over the world. So. It's also a chance uh, for companies like us to uh, to really become international and not uh, and and very less siloed between countries because uh, with um, a remote uh, you you you're all at the same uh, I mean uh, the, the, you're all living the same thing so. It's um, yeah, it can be a chance, and uh, we we have no choice. We have to turn it into a chance. I share your view, and also um, I think when we were preparing, you you were telling me that you're paying a lot of attention to gender equity. You're really uh, close to your teams, and you try really, especially in a in a technology company like yours to uh, empower women uh, in your in your company. Can you let us know more? I think that um, diversity and uh, gender equality and uh, gender balance is is the fact of of success and of growth. I, I do think that diversity uh, brings more success uh, than no diversity, and um, and and so it's uh, always been a, a concern. Obviously, the, the 
gender diversity and um, we we work a lot uh, since I'm in day one we are a gender equity by design company really and uh, it's important to to us more uh, the the jobs that will be created will be a lot in digital we know that digital impacts our life and so the, the it's important that women participate to 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 create that and, uh, and to build that uh, i think it's uh, it's really very important and uh, and yeah it's it's a journey obviously and um, uh, we have a very good, uh, we call it parity index. Uh, we are 96 over 100. Uh, and uh, we we obviously work on it uh, on teams, on uh, executive committees. Our board also is uh, at parity. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we work on it at each level. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially in the technology world where we all know that uh, startups are, are way less funded when they are uh, created uh, and funded by women. Of course, we need um, successful companies to to strengthen uh, the, the gender uh, equality uh, and have role models like like you, Isabel. So it's really, really, really important for all young women that are working not only on the tech uh, t on the tech stage but especially on in the tech uh, industry that's particularly not gender equal so, yeah, yeah which is a which is a shame because you know the gender point uh, when you look at very old industries uh, everybody say okay it's old so the change is complex and uh, you have a lot of legacy so it's complex for women to and uh, blah, blah, blah. But uh, on a new area like tech, tech is 20 years old, I mean, 25, okay. Uh, it's, it's a new area. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, a problem that on a new area like that, without legacy, uh, we cannot achieve uh, naturally gender equity uh, uh, goal it sounds not normal, and uh, the facts are there, and the numbers are clear on that. So we need to to work on it, and uh, we need to impact what we can impact, have an impact on. It's important, and uh, it's a journey, and uh, we will make it. But we need to to work on it. It won't be achieved naturally, if any, even if obviously each of us would like that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for these words. Uh, maybe a last point uh, um, that's also inspiring, I guess. So in this environment of um, bling bling, as we say here, I know you started by saying that you come from the academic world and that your company is really uh, R&D. You, you investing a lot in, in, a lot in research. And I think it's really um, inspiring as well to see that you are investing so much uh, in, in, in the research. I do think that um, to bring value to our clients, uh, we need to innovate and be already on the edge of uh, what uh, you can do in data marketing and, uh, in our space. 
Uh, to do that, obviously, we have team working on research, but uh, we have also, uh, I think, um, the need to, to work with academic people and uh, to bring also to the data to be part of this game, because uh, if these worlds are siloed, uh, the, the competitivity of our country, of France and even Europe, uh, cannot uh, cannot uh, be uh, at uh, its maximum. But the complexity that uh, these two worlds, uh, so the academic and the real life ones, uh, the time frames are very different and uh, the cultures are very different. And uh, so you need to bridge a gap and it takes time to be able to... Um, to help the academic world to, to, to go faster at some point and uh, give them also data to be able to do it. And uh, also in the company uh, to, to learn not being too short term, but uh, mid term and long term oriented. And, uh, and I think that uh, in this period of crisis, we are, everybody's talking of resilience, but, uh, you cannot be resilient if you're not if you're not mid or long term oriented. It's not possible. So um, we are lucky enough to be able in, at Numberly to be mid term oriented. So to be able also to invest in R and D and uh, to collaborate with uh, yeah worlds not drive only by efficiency. To, to be successful, you need to be efficient. And so to dream. And if you stop to dream, you will never be successful. It's not possible. So yeah, academic world is also our dreamy part. Thank you so much. Isolis for opening and sharing your story with us today. It was a real, real pleasure. Thank you, Ellen. <laughs> I look forward to seeing uh, what the future holds for you and Numberly. And I hope our listeners will have as much pleasure as I had to listening to you today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen.